0: Welcome to Fireside Chat on The Young Mind, brought to you by Old Firehouse School. My name is Amy Baker, and I'm the director at the Old Firehouse School in Mill Valley. It's also my first time hosting this podcast. Today, I get the special honor of interviewing Dr. Dorothy Stewart, the founder and executive director of all three Old Firehouse Schools. We're going to be discussing something very near and dear to Dorothy's heart, attachment. Attachment is one of the foundations of Old Firehouse School, and it's the reason that we strive to have and promote primary caregiving at our schools.
1: Hello, Dorothy. Hi, Amy. It's nice to be on the other side of the mic this time.
0: Wonderful. Let's start with this. What is attachment, and why is it so important?
1: I like to begin with a story I often tell new people who come into the old firehouse school family. And it illustrates the power of attachment. This is a story that was first reported in 2005, I think, in Gulf News. And then again, it was repeated and elaborated upon by Barbara Kingsolver in her book, Small Wonders. The story goes like this. Two people, a mother and a father, were returning from the fields, working in the fields in Iran, in the Lorestan province. As they began nearing their home, a young girl was running toward them. And as they met her, she said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I turned around and he was gone. And they said, what do you mean he was gone? And she said, your son, your 16-month-old boy, he disappeared when I wasn't looking. I'm so sorry well at first the mom and dad looked at each other and thought well we know where he usually hangs out and hides we'll find him so they walked home and then they began their search they looked under boxes they looked under bushes they looked around the back of their home he was not there they could not find him their hearts began to race they went to the neighbor and then they looked around the neighbor's home they couldn't find him there pretty soon the whole village was out looking for this little 60 month old and he was nowhere to be found Night came, and everybody slept except the father, the mother, and the young girl. They woke up in the morning and decided to go to the neighboring village. They went to the neighboring village, and the whole neighboring village turned out, and they looked, and they also looked for this little boy. It was the end of the second day, and they couldn't find him. Next... The father said, I know, I'm going to go up in the mountains. I'm going to see if that's where he is. And the mother said, don't be so foolish. He just learned to walk two months ago. He can't possibly have gone up in the mountains. But a father does what a father has to do. Parents do what they have to do. He got a group of about 15 men who went up with him in the mountain. And they had torches to look in the cave. They looked in one cave. And they looked in another cave, and they don't know whether it was the 10th cave or the 500th cave, but all of a sudden, they were standing in front of a cave, and they heard the sound of a small human child crying. They held their breath. They walked into the cave, and they smelled the odor of a she-bear. And they saw, as they raised their torches, the back of a she-bear beside the cave wall. They held their torches up, and they looked, and they saw all of a sudden the baby his baby who was crying and had milk streaming from his mouth what happened that mama bear fed that baby human a miracle you say maybe although it's in the news so we can hypothesize what happened here that mama bear had lost their baby her baby she was lactating she saw this adorable small human and she took that small human with her still it's a miracle isn't it if it's true it's a miracle We find, when scientists look at attachment, that the strength of the need to take care of the young is so great that it can even be an interspecies thing. But of course, it's particularly great when it comes to your own child. And in fact, all warm-blooded animals have
0: an instinct we call, an
1: instinct for attachment.
0: Wow, what an amazing story, and that's really, it's powerful. So I'm curious, is this the same kind of, this attachment that you're talking about, is it the same kind of, like, attachment parenting that people talk about when they're choosing baby sling or debating about co-sleeping?
1: Well, Amy, I don't really know very much about the attachment parenting that you're talking about and it's written about in those books, but what I can talk about is the scientific basis of relationships between children and their primary caregivers, and particularly their mothers, and how we call that attachment. Psychologists have been studying this for nearly 70 years, and due to the recent advances in neuroscience, we find out that the things that we thought 70 years ago really are true. That when mothers and primary caregivers are in sync with their children and their little ones, and when the children feel secure, they develop healthy relationship patterns that builds trust and helps them thrive.
0: So what does that look like?
1: Well, if you're looking at secure attachment with children, a secure child probably has a strong and healthy attachment pattern. These children believe that the world is a good place where people help each other and where they can be a force for good in the world. Now, while it's, while it's true that the world is not always a good place, we feel that it's so important for the first five years of life that they get that message, because that really is going to help them feel positive about the future and give them all sorts of gains. So, regardless of how parents feel the world is working, children need to feel like it's a good place
0: that makes so much sense we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll discuss what it means for your parenting if you did not have a positive experience as a child but first a word about the OFS concierge services
1: do you ever wish someone would cook and clean for you? I sure do. We offer you the OFS Concierge Service. Order food from Jessie A. Durant or have your house cleaned by Housekeeping Delphine. These services are here to help the OFS community make your life easier. Remember, a portion of every food, order, and housekeeping service is given back to your child's teacher. See our website for more information and click on the Concierge button. Thank you. And now
0: back to our podcast. What about children who don't have that kind of an attachment?
1: Well, I think the world is a little bit more difficult for them to manage. Um, Have you? ever gone into a room and there's somebody that you care about that's in that room but has betrayed you in some way wasn't there for you and you really didn't want to interact with them i think that's what happens when children don't have that secure base to come from they might have a deep we all have a deep longing to connect but the ability to do it is really
0: compromised
1: when children don't feel quite so secure
0: And they get that in their very earliest years. I mean, they're just little babies.
1: They do get that in their earliest years. They get that in the first five years. And I have to say, it's an attachment quality that goes with you throughout life. I know there's a famous psychologist, I can't remember her name right now, who made the point that even in adult relationships, whether it's friend to friend or particularly if it's spouse to spouse or your doctor or even your God... The question, the deepest question we have to ask of each other is, will you really, really be there when I really, really need you? The answer to that question means a great deal about the future for all of us.
0: That's really profound because if that kind of attachment from my earliest years, but I, hadn't, I didn't have any control over what was happening or what kind of parenting I got or who was around me, but that carries through to my adult life now. That's, that's huge. So as an adult... Am I stuck with what I got? I mean, how does this mean for my own child?
1: I mean, we have some good news in that front. First of all, you're not stuck as an adult. And you're not stuck as a parent. One of the wonderful things we found out, really, in the last 10 or 15 years is that Daniel Siegel, again, is the person who talks about this, that you can repair. You can go back and repair. You can go back to a child and redo a situation that maybe you handled badly as a parent or not like you'd want to. You can go back as an adult and rethink and your relationships, and you can repair that, too. But what it takes amy is thoughtfulness
0: mindfulness and knowledge So there's a lot more knowledge that we're learning about our brains, about our nervous systems. And I understand that in neurobiology, in this field that's really become so active in the last 20 years, there's actually a lot of interest in attachment and how that relates to brain development. And if I've got this right, it seems to really support the attachment theory that was proposed decades and decades ago.
1: Yes, I know. We're all really excited about that. We knew in our hearts it was true, but to have the science of uh, neurology, neurobiology, say yes we're right. It seems that the science is telling us that attachment actually has an impact on the development of connections between the prefrontal cortex and the limbic system. Now, as you probably know, the prefrontal cortex is key for lots of things in life, but it is particularly key for the development of executive functioning. Now, executive functioning means the ability to plan, to make goals, to follow through, to modulate your emotions, and here's a surprising fact. Your ability, your in terms of executive functioning, is a more powerful indicator of your future success in marriage, in your job, in your academic world than IQ is. So it's pretty powerful stuff. And neurobiology is beginning to tell us more and more about the power of early experiences to shape that.
0: Dorothy, is this what prompted you to open up your own preschools?
1: I have to say that my belief in attachment was extremely powerful in determining the path that I took in terms of child care. We have a continuity of care model here, a primary caregiving model. Also, I really wanted a chance to put what I'd found out that science had to teach us about children into practice. And so I think those two things together are the reason that I wanted to start Old Firehouse Schools.
0: Last year, you were invited to present at the NAEYC Professional Learning Institute, and they wanted you to discuss how primary caregiving has worked at Old Firehouse School. What's been the effect of having primary caregiving at your schools?
1: Well, it's interesting because now we've been around for almost 25 years. And so it just seems in the past year, I've had so many children who started with us who are now in college come back and talk to us or meet their parents. Just yesterday, Geetie, one of our long-term caregivers here, met up with the mother of a child that she'd had 20 years ago. And... The mother said, he still talks about you. Think about what a powerful impact you must have on children when you had them for five years. If when they're 22 or 23, you are still a person that they think of as kind and wonderful and supportive that have helped them in their lives. The same caregiver was recently at a, at a funeral for the father of one of the students we had had here. And this little guy ran up to her when he saw her and he said, you're still here, you still care about me. And then he began to cry for the first time since his father died. She was that safe and that wonderful that he felt that he could connect with her. That's how deep the connections are. And that's the connections that all children, all humans need to have. And so we're happy to to start that process here at Old Firehouse
0: School. What a precious gift. I mean, that's amazing. What kind of things can parents do to help develop that sort of attachment?
1: I think parents need to always keep in mind that they have to be available and responsive with their children. Make sure your child knows that you know them and you see them. The little ones, you have to be present with them. They can't help but want you to, to be in your lap, and you have to welcome that. I'm reminded here of that saying that life is fragile, but love is the glue.
0: Well, Dorothy, it's been a delight to, to talk with you about attachment. I'm curious if you have any final words or advice for parents who want to know more about this topic.
1: My favorite book, and I think we talk about this a lot at Old Firehouse School, is Parenting from the Inside Out by Daniel Siegel and Mary Hartzell. Now, if you want to do a really deep dive, you can go to the originator of attachment theory, who is John Bowlby. And in fact, I'd like to end this talk with a quote that he begins his book with. The quote is, We are molded and remolded by those who have loved us, and though the love may pass, its impression remains upon us forever. Thank you, Amy.
0: Dorothy, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. As many times as I've heard you speak and talk about attachment, both informally and in conference sort of settings, it's I, I learn something new every time, and it's just a pleasure to hear your ideas. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fireside Chats on the Young Line. We'll see you next time.